Welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hi, Kevin, Property Soldier here. I'm doing a Facebook Live and also recording this as a podcast episode. And reason being is that I've had a message from somebody who's been given notice to get their property back and it was being used as a single let and the the tenant has handed in notice and so what to consider if uh, when using the property as service accommodation, should should they use the property as serviced accommodation? So I'm just going to uh, talk about a couple of those things. Now, the first thing that I would suggest that you should do is get permission um, because most people have got a uh, buy-to-let mortgage on the property. And so... There are lots of service combination products out there now, mortgage products, 75% interest only, uh, 75% loan to value interest only mortgages at really competitive interest rates. So that's the sort of uh, exit strategy if you like, if you cannot get permission. So let's talk about how to get permission from your lender. Well, you might want to speak to a, a broker first, or a broker that is experienced in service combination. And they might be able to uh, give you a steer as to your particular lender and whether or not your lender would be likely to give you permission for service accommodation. And and if they are not, uh, then obviously the, the broker might be able to help you uh, get a an alternative product. But talking to the actual lender itself, please don't say can I do service accommodation? Because the answer is likely to be no, (laughs) because they don't understand uh, what service accommodation is for a start. If you say to your lender that you got the property back and uh, you're in between tenants or you're worried about being able to let the property out again um, to uh, buy to let tenant, you're you've got all the bills to pay, etc. But you can uh, get bookings from short stay accommodation people. You might already uh, have some people lined up, etc. who can take your property on a a short term let. And so if you uh, present it in that way to your lender, your lender is more likely to say yes, if you can do short lettings for a period of time, because you're worried about paying the bills. Now, you do not get blacklisted for credit by having this conversation with uh, your lender. You only ever get blacklisted if you default on uh, credit. And so as long as you're not defaulting on your credit, you cannot get blacklisted for uh, credit by essentially asking for permission to do SA. Uh, You might, I mean, again, uh, get a steer from uh, a broker. You might actually uh, term it in terms of doing holiday lets. So holiday letting lenders understand furnished holiday letting and so you might want to present it in that way instead of saying can I do serviced accommodation so that would be the what I would suggest you do in terms of getting permission now some people do it slightly differently I'm not going to say yes or no on this one because would it bear up under scrutiny I can't say some people will say can I do a company let 
uh, because I've got a company that wants to take the property on a service accommodation or no, sorry, beg your pardon. They say, I want to, I've got a company that would like to take the property on and the lender says yes, but then that company uh, is doing service accommodation. And uh, the point there is that if, and it's, it's unlikely, but if the lender did go and check on booking.com and Airbnb and they found the property listed on there, then they might challenge you saying that, oh, you told me that the property is uh, going to be a company let because the lender is obviously going to think that that company is using the property for their employees, not listing it on Airbnb and booking.com. So you could obviously uh, play dig- plead ignorance in that circumstance, but ultimately it's not as good as getting specific permission for furnished holiday let or short-term lettings. So hopefully that helps on that one. Now, once you've done that, that's not cost you any money in order to to do that bit of uh, research. I would also suggest that you do some demand. So check the demand for service accommodation in your area. Now, clearly on on my training courses, I cover this in detail, but I'm going to give you a flavour of the sorts of things that you do in order to check for demand. Do you know what? If you've got a population in your town of over 70,000, then as far as I'm concerned, uh, there is enough demand for service accommodation. Are there hotels there? The answer is yes. And so they've actually assessed that there is demand for short term accommodation. Otherwise, they would not be there. I'm not talking about guest houses and B&B. That's slightly different. A lot of those could be struggling. But if there are, you know, premier inns, holiday inns, um, hotel chains like that, then there is demand. And ultimately, people are going to go on to booking.com and they're going to book a hotel or usually when it saves them money, serviced accommodation property because they also get a lounge and a kitchen. So hotels will quite often have done an awful lot of your demand for you. Clearly, you can go onto booking.com and Airbnb and look at other service accommodation units. I would only actually worry about the units that are scoring well on booking.com and Airbnb as, as any sort of competition. And on Airbnb, if they accept instant booking, then you can look at their forward calendar and see how forward um, in advance they are getting booked. And that will give you uh, an assessment as to the demand. I would only actually take notice of listings that are also on booking.com because some operators actually don't even know that you can be on booking.com and and therefore they might not be getting as many bookings as they could do if they were on some of the other portals. And again, sometimes operators don't know that they can be targeting local businesses and companies in order to be getting direct bookings as well. So they could be doing an awful lot better. But it's going to give you an idea as to the demand for serviced accommodation in that area. Now, the other thing that you're going to need to do if you decide that there is demand for serviced accommodation, you're getting the property back uh, from a single let uh, tenant is then change it from single let because even if it was furnished as a single let, it's unlikely that that furniture is going to be up to scratch. It's likely that you're going to have to give that property a bit of a buff and a fluff, okay, (laughs) to make it good enough for service accommodation. So the furniture has got to be good and the the decor has to be good and and it's going to probably need painting and and perhaps, well, you know, likely to need painting, at least a touch-up 
and carpeting, etc., in order to use as service accommodation. Now, by the way, a lot of this expenditure you you can get back as a capital allowance, or you can at least get um, offset a lot of that expenditure against your tax using uh, capital allowances. So I'll, I'll talk about that um, at the end of this video. But yes, you've got to stage the property and dress it accordingly so that it looks nice for your photos and it's going to be nice for your guests. So the photos are important. You definitely want to get professional photos done on the property once it is dressed and staged. And I would recommend that you get a professional photographer who they can show you their photos that they have done for other SA operators and therefore you're going to know what you're going to get. Don't just choose any person who is a photographer to do your SA photos because they have to properly sell the benefits of a service accommodation unit. So the camera angles have to be good and they they need to be focusing on why people should be staying in service accommodation. You don't want to have just bog standard photos of rooms and and lounges and kitchens. They have to be uh, good to uh, attract people to stay with you uh, because ultimately people are just going to be on booking.com and Airbnb and they're just going to be flicking and swiping right and they need to have photos that jump out at them to make them stop and delve deeper onto your listing and therefore book. So good photos are definitely going to make you uh, a lot more money and going to get you a lot more bookings and you know what 100 quid uh, to get professional photos done on your SA units it's money well spent. Um, so yeah, you're going to want to then list on Airbnb and booking.com at the very minimum. And I would wait until you have got your um, requisite number of reviews. So for instance, on booking.com, you need your five reviews in order to for your average review score to go live so that when people are scrolling and they see your average review score is good. And as long as you set your property up well, um, then you're going to, and you're providing a good service, then your average review score is going to be good. And uh, people are more likely to book you if you have a good average review score. It's a little bit like on eBay when people won't buy off a seller unless they can see their reviews from their previous customers is good. And it's the same gig for SA. Don't worry, you know, if you're starting out, everyone has to start out somewhere. But once you've got a good average review score, then um, you're going to get more bookings. Now, the point I'm making here is don't spread yourself across all of the different OTAs immediately. Uh, you know, you could go on to Booking.com, Airbnb, Expedia, Late Rooms, TripAdvisor, Hotels.com. You could be going across all these online travel agents, but all you're doing there is watering things down and making it slower for you to get your average review score on Booking.com and Airbnb. And so what I would suggest is you just do those two first before you go further afield. Okay, so that is listing your properties on, on the online travel agents. You're going to want to, if you're going to have more than one online travel agent, Airbnb, Booking.com, etc., then I highly recommend you get a channel manager. A channel manager is going to manage the different channels, the online channel, uh, on the OTAs, the Booking.com, uh, Airbnb, etc. And that's going to stop you getting double booking so that if people are going on at the same time uh, on the different portals, they, if you've got a channel manager, it's going to stop you getting a double booking. And some people think, oh, well, how likely is that going to be? Well, actually quite likely because there could be an event um, announced in your area 
that's and some people are waiting to find out when you know a, a concert date uh, a particular sporting venue um is is announced in your town and then that goes out on the the telly and on the internet and then immediately those people that are waiting are going to jump on in order to book and if you don't have a channel manager that's when you are going to get a double booking and a double booking would be a nightmare because you're getting two lots of guests turning up at the same time for the same, you know, for the same property, um, you know, worst case scenario. So please do not try and do service combination on the cheap. You should get yourself a channel manager. It's going to save you a lot more hassle. Lots of different channel managers um, you can get. I highly recommend um, having a, uh, a preview and a run through with that particular channel manager so that they can explain what they offer. Uh, different channel managers, Tokeet, um, there's uh, Kigo, there's Guesty, Vivo, Alina, there's lots lots of different channel managers. And so you get what you pay for, things like Guesty and, and uh, uh, Kigo are the more expensive ones, but they have more functionality. But uh, again, you might want to go for the more expensive one if you are going to scale and you know that you're going to have a large business. If not, a channel manager like Toki is is going to do the job for you. Uh, you definitely want to get insured. So you need the right insurance for your service accommodation properties. So if you are going to go live, then speak to a broker who is experienced in uh, providing products for service combination or furnished holiday let, short stay holiday let type insurance. And um, then you're going to be covered because buy to let insurance is not the right product for you. So you're going to want to switch an insurance as well. I suggest that you operate your service combination business using a limited company. Just open up a limited company and the money flows through that limited company from Booking.com, from Airbnb, your guests need to sign your terms and conditions uh, of your limited company in order to get into your service accommodation. I strongly recommend that you have terms and conditions. Don't just rely on Airbnb and Booking.com's terms and conditions. A lot of people do, but ultimately they are very vanilla. They're not specific. Your rules in your property is what you want people to adhere to and to agree to because then ultimately, if they break your specific rules, then you can cancel the bookings or, um, you know, ask them to go uh, that they don't get a refund, those types of things. Whereas if you haven't got those terms and conditions signed, then Booking.com and Airbnb are not going to come down on your site. OK, so I strongly suggest having terms and conditions and operate using a limited company. Don't operate in your own name. I know some people do, but I think that it's better to use a limited company because you should also get public liability insurance in your limited company. And that's going to protect you. So any anything that happens inside that limited company, i.e. somebody hurts themselves in the shower or something like that, then they can claim off your public liability insurance and they're not going after you and your assets. So yes, you can have your own insurance in your own name, but I just think that the public liability insurance and being in a limited company, it's not going to protect you from negligence, but it's going to protect you from most things. And so I would much rather do it. And it's an awful lot cleaner, I think, doing everything via a limited company. And so just finally, just to finish off, is the benefits of doing service combination on a property that was previously a buy to let is all of a sudden if you have a mortgage on the property then you can still offset your mortgage interest 
on that property and you're literally going to be putting the income through on the furnished holiday let page of your tax return and therefore you can still offset that mortgage interest whereas section 24 the anti-landlord tax is stopping landlords from doing that with buy to let and hmo that's properties that are owned in their own name and so if you own properties in a limited company yes you can still offset your mortgage interest but an awful lot of landlords most landlords out there have owned own them in their own name and therefore section 24 tax is hitting them section 24 stopping them offsetting their mortgage interest against their rental income so that helps you. You can avoid Section 24 by moving the property into service accommodation. And then you also can claim capital allowances. Please don't ask your accountant to do this for you because your accountant doesn't know to the extent with respect of a capital allowance claim. You need a, a professional, you need a specialist in order to get this done for you. And a capital allowance surveyor will ultimately do an on-site visit and work out all the plant and machinery all of the things that are rattling around in your service accommodation unit, like the boiler, like the um, fire alarm system, if, if, if it's got one, but the doors and the door handles and all the fixtures and fittings, the bathroom, the kitchen, all of that stuff is plant and machinery and becomes a capital allowance. And ultimately, you can you can earn tens of thousands of pounds of income from that property tax-free because of capital allowances. And the capital allowance surveyor would give that report to your accountant. Your accountant logs it against your tax ID with HMRC, and then you can earn the tens of thousands of pounds tax-free now that the property has been used as service accommodation. So hopefully that helps. It's just a quick run-through of some of the main things that you need to consider if you are going to be using a property as service accommodation instead of buy to let but that's what I do I get properties back all the time from tenants and I either sell them if they don't work as service accommodation or, and then I just reinvest the money into service accommodation or I turn that property into SA and you'd be surprised at you know, the, the properties that work brilliantly well as SA, nothing fancy, just standard properties, standard terraced properties often that work brilliantly well as service accommodation. And therefore, I earn more money from them because I might have previously been cash flowing a couple of hundred pounds out of them. But as service accommodation, circa a thousand pounds, still outsourcing all of the work. So a lot more turnover than a thousand pounds. But then after outsourcing all the work, I end up with a thousand pounds cash flow and I get to earn tens of thousands of pounds tax-free because of capital allowances and I get to offset my mortgage interest as well because they are furnished holiday let properties. So hopefully that helps everyone. Yes, by all means, turn buy-to-lets into serviced accommodation, but make sure that you do a few of those things that I've just suggested uh, before just going live with your properties. Um, so let me know how you're getting on with that. Let me know if you've got any other questions. Type in the comment section if you want any more help on any of that stuff. Obviously, I run training courses on how to do all this but hopefully find that useful give me a like and comment away if you found this useful or you want to know any more information and here's to your success in service accommodation remember your future needs you take care thanks for listening to the service accommodation property podcast why not also check out my website www.propertysoldier.co.uk where you can learn more about property and serviced accommodation.